Hello. Are we live? Good morning. How are Yay. you? Good morning. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Into the Mystic Podcast. Thank My name you. is Juliana Laval, and I'm here with Adina Antoinette today. And I'll just introduce you. Sure. Adina um, is one of our guest faculty at Into the Mystic Yoga Teacher Training. She is a consciousness coach, alignment expert, and mindfulness meditation teacher. She's also a master hairstylist and offers very insightful readings. So welcome, Medina. I'm excited for you to share with us today a little on your spiritual journey and what alignment means to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so great. How fun. Yeah. Excited to be here. So let's, uh, this is my first podcast, so I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. Yeah. First of many. <laughs> yes, yes. So what do you have in store for me today? Um, well, I'd love to hear a little on your spiritual journey. What brought you to the practice? And I recall some of your stories from teacher training, talking about Abraham Hicks and your first experiences of um, falling into alignment and discovery and that path. Hmm, and then, yes. yeah, kind of like what that means to you, what you've come to discover. Well, I have to say that um, falling into alignment is actually the most perfect and eloquent, coincidentally, way of saying that because I really started to practice manifestation, the laws of attraction and, and manifesting the quality of life that you desire. And in doing that, and I have to say in mastering that practice, I so happened to fall into alignment. So I would love to touch on that. Yeah, spiritual journey wasn't intentionally spiritual. Um, you know, I have a interesting relationship with the term spirituality because it wasn't what I was seeking necessarily at the time. But I had gone through a period of some very challenging life circumstances that involved a relationship at the time that started back about 10 years ago. And when the relationship kind of took a turn. Uh, coincidentally, so did my health at the time. And I find that when our physical bodies start to experience discomfort or illness is when we start to look at our lives a little bit deeper. We're actually forced to look at our lives a little bit deeper. And that was exactly the case for me. So Experiencing these different stressors took a toll on my mind and my emotional well-being as well as my physical body. And when my physical body started to show signs of, um, let's say, my physical body started to show signs of, of stress. And that started sort of instilled a little fear in me. So I went to look in things a little bit deeper. And in doing so, my spiritual practice started to come into play. So I sought out healers, different practitioners between, um, it actually started with hot yoga. And I realized that it was in hot yoga where I was forced to be only in my mind, only present, only focusing on my breath. And those 90 minutes of escape 
um, from my mind and from the chatter allowed me to come into my body and be a little bit more present. And then it grew from there between Chinese medicine practitioners. Um, that's when I took my yoga training, my Reiki training. I saw different healers to help me come back to myself. And in doing that, read four or five dozen books about what I was experiencing in my body and in turn also experiencing in my mind. So down that path led me to one of the greatest um, revelations, which was actually Abraham Hicks through Esther Hicks. And um, she was a catalyst to my understanding of life, to my understanding of energy. And in doing that, I, I want to say that I found a formula that worked so effectively to change my life that it became so simple. And really it is applying the formula, seeking it through, like making sure that you are in some ways aligned with yourself, which means basically the bottom line question for me every day was, does this either person, place or activity make me feel good? And if that person, place or activity did not make me feel good or compromise my energy in a negative way, um, I found a way to remove it or to remove, my, remove myself from the situation and doing so, recalibrating my energy so that I felt better and in turn reducing anxiety, which was a major factor in all of this. So as I started to align in that way, does this make me feel good? I naturally reduced discomfort and became more and more in alignment and manifestation became easier. And now here we are 10 years later and uh, now anxiety is no longer a part of my life. And when it is, it's a sought out and it's a, it's just out in the distance. So it doesn't have the same tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. I, I feel like you are, well, just from my experience with you in your chair yeah. <laughs> and in, in your workshops, um, that you are an incredibly intuitive and insightful person. And um, I feel like you probably offer a similar um, advice to many people. Like if you have a lot of people coming through your, your salon or through your workshops mm -hmm. um, and you're wanting to guide them toward their higher self or their inner voice, Yes, that's a good What that message kind of look like? Well, the interesting thing is, is that we are so distracted by what is going on around us that we are not even attuned at all to what we really, truly want and what we really, truly want to feel like, more importantly. And to me, now that I have removed things that distract my energy, which means things that don't make me feel good, I'm much clearer as a person. I'm much clearer in my mind. I'm much clearer in my soul. So when I see a person who is experiencing some level of discomfort or struggle, it is very obvious to me what they are doing or what kind of life they're practicing that doesn't allow them to be in alignment. And therefore, I'm now able to properly formulate for them what needs to be removed and what needs to be added in order for them to get into alignment and alignment is essentially doing what makes you feel good 
that's really truly what alignment means. I mean, the bottom line, we can talk about it in the 500 different definitions, which I would love to do. I love the philosophy and the poetry of, <laughs> of alignment, but the bottom line is alignment really does mean the things that make you feel good. And anything that doesn't make you feel good is essentially your, your higher self or your intuition, your inner voice telling you that this is not for you. And it is, I think, part of our human our humanness to want to discover what is not for us. I think that we find it interesting. I think that we came here for the contrast. We enjoy the challenge. However, it does get to a point as an energetic being where you say, this, something doesn't feel good. And I've been doing too many things that don't make me feel good too many days in a row. And now I need to make a change. And sometimes, and especially at this day and age, those changes are often quite large and they, for example, many people, our lives revolve around our work and many people are unfortunately in a work environment or a job that is not in alignment with them. And my, for my, for my position now, having gone through so much healing and having actually practiced this on a regular basis, um, the fear of leaving a job seems quite trivial. However, to a person who has done minimal healing, maybe that factor could be quite large. And my job is to break it down into smaller sections for that person and give them a sort of step-by-step um, instruction, if you will, um, to removing, slowly removing the things and gaining their confidence and gaining their inspiration and helping them to see that leaving a job is actually the most liberating thing that you could do. And in doing so, you become more in alignment. And by becoming more in alignment, you simply attract things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk a little bit about manifestation from ego versus manifestation from from spirit or from source whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. Um, just because we're approaching the new year and a lot of people are looking at um, new year's resolutions or what they want to create for the new year what they want Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people are make these kind of decisions from a place of um yeah ego or not really knowing clearly what what it is that resonates with them absolutely so I love that subject and I love this particular question because you see until we've heard our inner voice until we have actually made that connection that sincere connection with our inner voice it will be almost impossible to know whether or not we are manifesting from a place of ego or from a place of authentic genuine sincere from our heart from our heart center and it's the question then is you can manifest from a place of ego for as long as it takes for you to master the practice of manifestation and that eventually your more authentic self the true self your higher self will come through and you will begin to manifest from a place of truth from a place from your heart center and to be honest i am not Um, I do not fear the ego. So I think the ego has a place and I think ego has power. And until you can 
genuinely identify what your ego is and the desire of your ego, there is no sense in, in, in trying to manifest from any other place because we need to be able to identify first, what is ego? And then second, what is our true self? What is our higher self? So until we get to that place, we can, we can absolutely practice manifestation from a place of ego. But just to touch on that a little bit deeper, just to give some sort of definition to that, you have genuine desire from your soul as well as genuine desire from your ego. And how I would describe it is that an egoic desire tends to be on a very human level. It tends to be from a very superficial, from a very material, from materialistic plane. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a very true way, very sincere way, which means many people who manifest from a place of desire. So I want this house. I want this job. I want these I want these clothes, I want this car, I want this circle of friends, whatever it is that what we could claim as an egoic desire is simply something to practice our, our point of manifestation. So let's take, for example, um, you want something on this human level, let's say it's a job, or let's say it's a, a house, who's to decide, you know, a place of living, who's to decide whether that desire is from a place of ego or from a place of true self, you know what I'm saying? So really what we want to do is practice the manifestation and any level of consciousness that we already exist on master that level of manifestation and as we do that and as we start to manifest the things that we think that we want and they become they come into our into our energy field and they come into our reality and we finally get that house and now we're in that house how do we now feel that we're in that house and these these little marks i get i wanted this now i have it i wanted this now i have it and now i'm here does this actually align with me? And those truths happen and unfold naturally. And as they do, we become more conscious. And as they do, we become more authentic. And we realize maybe the I didn't need this caliber of house. I mean, I, just, I, I manifested it well, but maybe this is not exactly what I thought I needed to feel the way I wanted. And as those realities happen, we become more authentic. We become on a higher level of consciousness. We become truer to ourselves. So on that note, there's just no right or wrong way to manifest everything is just dependent on the level of consciousness at which you exist at currently and that's the only thing that matters there's no sense in striving for being more authentic when you don't even know yet quite what that voice sounds like quite mm -hmm. really who you are yet you know yeah and I guess that's where meditation can be helpful to the decipher yeah to make choices less from reactivity or fear and more from you know let me give you an example um you know this example has come up recently in my chair which is funny but I want to say it was about seven or eight years ago and I was I want to say incredibly unconscious which means like I was full-blown in the hair industry I worked from a place of ego I wasn't conscious I just went through the motions providing I enjoyed my life but regardless I went through the motions and I worked on a very very, very societal regimented way, which means I got up, I went to work, I fulfilled these duties, I made my paycheck, I went, the first thing that I would do is went to the, I would go shopping, I would shop. That was just a natural part of my life. It wasn't even something I had to think about. And there's this one specific moment. I was about, I was about $13,000 into consumer debt. I had no, and I thought to myself, what is on this credit card? And it was genuinely just stuff that I shopped for. And here I thought I was living my best life, you know? I had all this available to me and I was buying all these things. And I realized at this moment, as I was going through my healing, so I had, I had been about a year into my healing when I realized 
something here is not working properly. Actually, it was my yoga teacher training. I wanted to take my yoga teacher training and I needed to apply for more credit to pay for it. And that was the whole shift in me reducing my debt and actually completely getting rid of it. But regardless, I was in Aldo Accessories, okay? And I was looking at a bag. This is truly, truly one of the most human moments of my life. And I'm looking at this bag and I thought, and I was in Aldo Accessories with my winter jacket on, sweating, holding this bag for 45 minutes and literally imagining every facet of my life with this bag. And I was trying to understand because the truth was in that moment, I realized I have value in this. I can't leave this store without buying this because I feel like when I leave here, I won't be my best self. I need this bag to be my best self. It's a representation of who I am. And what I basically did in that moment was, I think that was the first time I made a very, very serious and genuine connection to my higher self, trying to understand what value these material things had in my life. And I left that day, that bag, in that store. I did not buy that bag. And from that day forward, no material matter ever had the same influence or the same, the same juju over me. And I realized that I'm the one that gave all these material things um, their value. value. Yeah, their value. And from that day forward, it's not like I I did it intentionally. It's just they no longer had the same sparkly feel to me. And when that dissipated, I applied that to the rest of my life. And I said, what does have value to me? Where I live, where I work, what I wear, all of these things. And I went home and I realized how much stuff I actually had and how many years I have been investing in these stuffs that gave me an identity, that gave me value. And I realized that nothing is more valuable than my peace, my inner peace, number one. And none of these things gave me inner peace. In fact, if anything, they, they slowly destroyed that inner peace because it became about maintaining that. And slowly, slowly, one by one, I got rid of anything that became useless to me, things that I did not need, things that no longer reflected who I was. But long story short, I stopped manifesting or attempting to manifest anything on that material plane because I realized that it actually had no, it did not serve me energetically. It just did not bring me joy, did not bring me peace. It was no longer in alignment with who I was. And slowly through these types of revelations, I became more truly who I was. And in doing that, became more free, became more free from the influence of, the, of our environment and our outside life and more true to who I was. And that came with its own battle. You know, when you start to realize who you really are and then you compare yourself with the world a little bit, you question, you know, you say, well, mm-hmm. well, what, well, who am I in comparison without all of these fluffiness, without all of the juju, you know? Yeah. And you can be yeah. Vulnerable. It is vulnerable and it's, it's not easy to make those transitions for sure. It's like, mm-hmm. because you've been betraying yourself on some level yes. um, by Willingly. giving your Mm-hmm. willingly mm-hmm. <laughs> giving your power away to being validated by these things and yes. stuff. Yes. Um, so it, it requires some like inner forgiveness, I think. Absolutely. And courage. Kind of... You got to be brave, babe. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's it's a pretty heavy culture out there of consumerism. We, um, it's easy to get swept up in the the energy of um, consumerism Mm -hmm. in our face everywhere we look. Well, you know, on that note, I would like to touch on the hair part of things because just in the same lines of consumerism, my entire business changed. You know, I really looked at hair differently and I looked at, you know, people who, who wanted to have these drastic changes or be something drastically that they weren't. I saw the suffering in it. It became very obvious to me why people wanted to be essentially slaves to their look. I'm like, do you want to be here every six weeks? Do you want to be spending thousands of dollars a year on your hair? Like I started to see and know and intuitively sense the suffering behind all of the things that we do. And, and, you know, even unconsciously, why Mm -hmm. is it that a olive skin, dark hair girl wanted to be blonde? Why does she want to put herself through the commitment of being something that she is not? And eventually it changed the face of my business. Because I could not move forward with integrity, knowing that this was not coming from a place of love. And it was coming from a place of genuine discomfort and lack of love in herself. Exactly. Yeah, it's like perpetuating a process. I became a part of the problem. I realized where I was in that moment. And that's what I love about your offering is you stay within your realm. <laughs> yes, yes. It was the only way I could survive. It was either leave this industry or find a way that I could bring what I now know because I can't pretend that I don't know it um, forward. And that was a challenge in itself. I mean, there was a there was a little while there where, you know, once I got rid of the things, I couldn't even wear makeup to work. Like I was just like, who am I? What am I doing? You know, here yeah. I am, I'm putting on a face and it's just, it's just, doesn't feel real so there was there's a lot of questions and in that time Marianne Williamson was one of the the greatest teachers of my life she helped me move through every day and helped me connect to my humanness and stay grounded and stay here on this earth while maintaining my my connection and my truth to source because that was a challenge Mm -hmm. it was a challenge dressing up people on the outside knowing their pain on the inside without addressing it so Absolutely. Sometimes I think it's healthy to let the pendulum swing hard the other way just to make a statement. Well, (laughs) just to know. Yeah. Yeah. And even just for your own growth, like I've definitely experienced that too, where I was also in the hair industry for a long time and Mm -hmm. had eyelash extensions and like, you know, (laughs) level 10 blonde hair and I was getting my roots touched up every three or four weeks and I just got to a point where I just wasn't me anymore Mm -hmm. I felt like I was betraying myself I was Mm -hmm. well this this really isn't what I look like Mm -hmm. and um so it was it was definitely a journey to to unpack that and return to myself but I I had to go to a place where I I had to like really love myself with nothing in order to heal that neurosis and now I can explore yes I want to explore a little bit of like makeup or whatever then I don't have that heavy like um, negating myself around it exactly 
in fact, I usually am like, I want to go home and take this off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. So anyways, I'm really inspired by you. And for anyone listening, I highly recommend Adina for wellness, for hair, for readings. It's sit in your, her chair and it's so much more than um, <laughs> a hair appointment. <laughs> we take you at all um, levels, human and above. <laughs> it really is. So thank you so much for sharing with us. There's anything else you want to share with our listeners today? You know, if I was just going to say one thing is on our very best of bests, let us always and as best as we can choose the things that make us feel good without question. And slowly but surely we will come back to ourselves. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) All the best in the new year. Hey. Yes, same to you. Happy New Year. (laughs) And you, and you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye for now.